I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, welcome to Horse Hour. My guest today is the lovely Ali Vance. She's an acclaimed sports journalist and presents CNN's Winning Post. She's represented Great Britain in the modern pentathlon and she's a keen eventer. But this Thursday, Ali's turning her hand to racing. She's going to be competing at Goodwood in the Magnolia Cup. It's all for charity and she's going to tell us all about it. This is Horse Hour. Welcome to Horse Hour. We've got a really cool guest today. Her name is Ali Vance. And you will know her because she's on TV. She presents for the CNN Winning Post. She's represented Great Britain in the modern pentathlon. And I believe, Ali, you've, you do eventing as well. I used to event a lot and up to about the age of 23, 24. And then I um, broke my neck eventing. And <laughs> don't no sound way. like that. But it's all fine. And then after that, I just thought, oh, I quite like eventing, but... Uh, I moved more into work and then it just got difficult. So I have a horse that is currently being invented by someone else because um, I'm working too hard. But I had him all winter, did lots of show jumping, lots of dressage, um, put in all the groundwork and then someone else is having fun with him eventing. But um, yeah, eventing background more than anything. How nice is that for you, though, to be able to watch someone else compete on your horse? And it's horrible. You... Really? <laughs> what, what don't you yeah. like about it? I want to be doing it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's great in a way. I'd far rather have him competing, doing stuff and going well than sitting in a field. But uh, obviously, preference would be that I would love to be eventing him and competing. But mm. with my work, um, it's just impossible between April and September, really. I'm traveling most weeks. So um, he'd, he'd sit in the field if I had him, which is a real waste of a horse. It is. We find that a lot, a lot of us are working, well, we work nine to five, but with your role, you are literally flying all over the world. Um, so at least he is still getting somewhere. Because what I found with my horse was that he was being wasted. So it took me a long time to actually say I'm going to allow someone else to ride him. And, and even now I'm like, oh, we could be doing so much better. So it's good that, you know, we could be doing so much better in that he could probably be a lot more advanced than he is now because I was so determined I wanted to be the one to teach him. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, I bro- we bred him and I broke him in and I bought him on. So I feel like I've got lots of vested interest, but the girl who rides him rides him really well and rides him better than I would, um, particularly because I don't have much time. So it's really difficult to 
it's fine when you're riding every day or riding two or three horses a day you it's just easy but then suddenly you don't ride for three weeks you get on and you think you can do it and you can't so yeah. um, I realized that and so it's much better he gets ridden by someone who's actually half decent and we mess it up oh, Ali what happened with your accident where was it uh, I was eventing affiliated just outside Bristol and um, I just came down cross country and landed on my head and um, yeah, broke my neck and back, which uh, luckily was picked up and I had no lasting damage and it was all operated on. And yeah, I was incredibly lucky and touch wood, it's been sort of fine since then. So, but it just kind of made me reassess, do I really want to, I, I think previously I was mega competitive and wanted to kind of get always step up the levels and wanted to jump bigger and better and move on quickly whereas um, I had some time off obviously with my neck and then suddenly I was working and then then I found it quite tricky to just play horses at a certain level I think you can do it up to a certain height but I was wanting to jump bigger and um, when you can only ride as I said you don't ride for three weeks and you get back on the horse it is tricky so um, yeah it's different kind of now I, I I see and work with horses every day, um, obviously with my job presenting CNN, the winning post, which is horse racing, but I also do the Global Champions Tour circuit. So um, I get to see some amazing horses. Um, so it's, it's, it's different now. So I work with horses in a different way. Does it make you want to get back on though? Because I learn so much from watching these amazing riders and I'm like, oh, look at their heels. Their heels look amazing, but I need to work on that. And I can't wait to then get home and get back on. It does. It, it definitely does. It makes you want to ride one of all their amazing <laughs> horses. Um, but they just make it look so easy. They never miss a beat. They never, everything in the, in the arena, in the rings, they just make it look like they're on rails and it's as easy as easy. And we know it is not that easy. Um, so there is with that, yeah, you do look at these top riders and you think, God, um, wouldn't it be nice to be able to ride one of their horses and jump around a course? But um, I know that it would definitely not be the same. Well, after three weeks off, we wouldn't be brave enough, would we, really? No, no, exactly. So so your, your recovery then, was that before or after you did the modern pentathlon? So this was all after. So I did modern pentathlon um, all through school and university, and then I spent a year doing it full-time down at Bath, which is the centre of excellence, and I was sort of part of the, the GB team down there. And I did it for a year, and I stopped basically enjoying it when I was training full-time and all my friends were getting proper jobs and I just fell out of love with it really so I suddenly had to sort of reassess and that's when I invented quite a lot but then I also had one eye on doing journalism and so I had a year out riding and then I went to Cardiff to do a journalism master's in broadcast journalism um which was great and it was sort of and I was carrying on inventing then so it was it it all and I fell off I think right at the end of my course oh no then looking for jobs and stuff so yeah I sat all my final exams in like neck braces and all sorts which <laughs> looked I got lots of sympathy anyways which is the main thing <laughs> and I got an extension in my coursework so that's not too bad um but then I, then I was into getting jobs and stuff so it kind of all came at the same time um and yeah I have I mean I sort of evented for a few more years after that but only really playing at it and um yeah I now realize I can't do it all which is sad oh I know if only we could and then babies will come along and then you'll have even less time I know god <laughs> I know I can hardly look after myself anyway <laughs> Well, in the pentathlon, for people that don't know about it, it's a selection of sports, isn't it? Can you talk, one of them's show jumping. Can you talk us through the other sports? Yeah, so it is uh, swimming, running, fencing, shooting and riding. 
And I got into it through Pony Club Tetrathlon, which is everything apart from fencing. Um, but then really enjoyed the running and the swimming side of it. So I was always a member of a swimming club and running club. Um, but never, I thought, I think I assessed and thought, I'll never get to the Olympics as a runner or swimmer. What can I do? And so I sort of added fencing and thought, um, perhaps if I could do all of them, then I wouldn't be too bad at it. Um, <laughs> but the riding side of it is, is, it's strange. It's tricky because you get given a random horse. You dr- draw a random horse out of um, a hat as such. Um, and they have, and they're all meant to be of the same standard. And they're all meant to jump 115, 120 at top level. But um, it invariably isn't always like that because, you know, what horses are like some sort of perhaps lazy and have one or two down and then some, you know, are easy to jump. Yes. Oh, my husband's just come home. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> Hello. How are you? At four in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking at me going, he has no idea what's going on. He hasn't seen me for about four days. So. Oh, oh, no, say hello quickly. It's fine. Doing a, a horse hour podcast. Hello. Nice to meet you. I, he can't hear me because you've got the headphones in. No, he's a bit confused. By it all. <laughs> He'll be more confused about our horse chat. Oh. So, <laughs> is he not horsey then? Rider. No, he likes racing. So he, he enjoys horses if he can gamble on it. But um, he's not, he hasn't ridden himself. Although occasionally I put him on mine. But he hasn't actually been out of a walk yet. So we're building up to it. <laughs> I took my other half riding and he was cantering within day number three. I couldn't believe That's it. That's pretty good. It's like their upper body strength. Men make it look so easy. I don't know. My horse isn't that safe, so oh. I wouldn't dare let him. He is. He's safe, but I, yeah, I don't know. I worry about the horse more than the husband. Oh. So, so yeah, you were talking about the different horses' heights then and sizes. So, well, no, it's just more, you, you could never get 15 identical horses. And as a rider, with a ride, it was, as someone with a riding background, it would be very frustrating to draw a horse that you, I would, you might have one down or two down, which would be sort of annoying rounds. And then non-riders might get a, a really easy horse that they can just kind of cling on to, sit on to, steer around and just take them um, around the course. So it's, it was quite a frustrating, it's quite frustrating pentathlon if you are a rider because you just never quite know what horse you're going to get. Um, and most of the nations come from a running and swimming background and they've learned to ride. So most pentathletes have not ridden as short, you know, as youngsters and have learned to ride as adults. Mm. Um which, yeah, it's a different approach. Britain are very good at riding, but then you'd go competing abroad into nations that aren't very good at riding and you'd find yourself having to do a sort of two foot nine course where it's meant to be one metre 20. So oh my yeah, it was a bit frustrating. <laughs> but you did really well, is it? Oh, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed all of them. And I it really enjoyed the um, running and swimming side of it. Um, the skills, I never, I enjoyed fencing, but that was probably my weakest and shooting as well. But um, yeah, it was, I enjoyed it and it was a huge part of my life. And um, yeah, it was quite a big decision to sort of give it up. But um, I I love what I do now, so I'm very lucky. Well, now, now you, your journalism is incredible. So like you said, you present for CNN, The Winning Post. So I've got to ask you, though, Ali, what, when, you, when you were doing your journalism, and we've got a massive love for horses. I mean, it's in our blood. What were your first thoughts when you thought about presenting for horse racing? Well, it just creeps in slowly. So I started my career at the BBC and I was down in Cardiff at BBC Wales and covering everything, rugby, football, um, all sports, but was always kind of keen to cover racing for them. And during the winter, they just said, well, why don't you do a Saturday and cover racing into the sports programme? So I started on the radio 
and did that for a season. So it sort of crept in. And although I come from very much an, an equestrian background, not really a racing background, and it is quite a tight-knit group. And it is a lot of the journalists that work in racing have come from a racing background or have raced before or have really sort of grown up in it. So it, it's quite a, it's definitely an industry you need to learn about and be work in it for, for at least a sort of year before you can really understand the nitty gritties and know who everyone is and know the kind of racing calendar and stuff. So um, that was really good, doing that for a year for BBC. And then it, it just kind of grew from there. I started doing a bit of race course television. And then um, I started working a few years ago for At The Races, which is one of the satellite channels, covers racing in, this, in, the, in the UK. Um, and then, yeah, I got approached by CNN and they were looking for a new presenter um, and it's great and I'm very lucky and I've been doing it for 18 months now. So it's a monthly half hour racing program, um, from all over the world. So it's, um, it's, it follows the, basically the major races wherever they are. So in the, in the summer, it's more UK or Europe based. So we're at, at Gloria's Goodwood this month, last month was Royal Ascot, but then from next month, it's all abroad. So Arc de Triomphe, then Japan, Hong Kong, um, Breeders' Cup. Uh, I think January, South Africa, back to Uruguay. So it's completely crazy, but it's oh great gosh. fun. All the big races and lots of traveling. So when you get to learn about people, do you, do, you, do you focus a lot on the actual horses and their relationship with the horses? Yeah, I mean, we try and cover the program. Is It's more of a features program. So it's not really about, you know, these are the favorites for the Kentucky Derby. This is what happened. It's trying to find the stories behind uh, the races or the reason why horses are perhaps big in a in a country so when we went to uruguay in march we spent a day with the gauchos and we we rode out with them on their sort of more native horses and ponies and um the reasons why uruguay is so um got such a, a strong association with the horse or um other stories we've done is, so i think um I'm trying to think we went, when we went to australia we were doing swimming horses in the sea and the beach and that kind of thing so we're wow. trying to do more features behind racing and what rather than just always here's a trainer and this is the horse and so we do we do try and find characters and or um yeah really strong storylines within the country well i think it's important that we learn more about what goes on behind it because Oh, I, I don't know. I need to be honest. I don't know how I feel about it. There's this, it sucks me in horse racing. And I think it's so fascinating. But then the, the other side of me that goes, oh, but they ride them so young. And I only wish they could ride them just a little bit older. And then I'd love it. So yeah, I'd love I know, to learn there is more. That issue. Well, it is, it's interesting. Um, the flat racing, the, the calendar and the traditions that these horses have to peak when they're three. And, you know, they're racing two-year-olds and they've got to peak for the derby, which is, you know, when they're still very young. And it's tricky. And some horses, we all know, don't really develop until they're later. So you kind of almost rule out a whole load of horses. But it's always been that way. And there is an art of getting a horse ready to be at its peak at three. So, you know, these horses are bred to be far more forward than your sport horse. So, they're A, they're bred earlier in the year. So they're generally january to or february to april falls whereas sport horses might be a bit later in the year um but you know they're handled from day one they are all the, the breaking in process and the, and the riding out that's all done very sympathetically and nicely um but they're just yes yeah, they are so much more forward than 
your average riding horse. Um, I spoke to a jockey called Stephen King years ago, and um, what was lovely was he he rode for somebody else, but the trainer they owned all the horses, and so there was a real love and a bond and a relationship between them. And I don't think in the media, I don't think we see enough of that side of it. So we hear the the negative sides of it, but I'd be I want to know the truth. That that's the honest truth, Valley. Is I really want to know how well these horses are looked after they're worth millions we know that um but to understand you know there's a lot of negative there's a lot of negativity about a lot of different disciplines and as a horse lover I couldn't imagine you presenting for a horse racing program if you didn't know there was a huge good side to it as well yeah I think you do hear negative stories from my point of view I think these horses are looked after in absolute five-star luxury yeah incredible facilities far better or facilities and um, knowledge of staff looking after them. I'm sure that's a sliding scale and there are some places that perhaps they're not, but that's the same as you know any discipline or any poor sport. Um, but all the yards I visited, they are looked after amazingly. And there is always, every horse has someone there that will adore him, whether it's not necessarily the trainer because he might have 100 in the yard, it might not necessarily be the jockey he gets on, on the day. But, you know, lad or lasses, he looks after it every day. The owner, the person, you know, perhaps the farrier has a soft spot for a certain type of certain horse. The girl who does the backs, the girl, people who put him on the treadmill or whatever it is, there's someone in the yard that adores that horse. So it's hard for the media. And I think we're trying to do a better job of it, of explaining the stories behind racing and you see the pictures often on the television of the lads and lasses who just get really emotional when their horses do well Mm. and it's it would be great to show more of that um but believe me they are all looked after amazingly Mm. and um as i said most of them usually have someone whoever's looking after them absolutely adores them and dotes on them whether they're a superstar and they're going to run in the derby or whether they will never even make it to the race course Oh, it's really lovely. There was something else interesting that he said was that uh, you have to build your way up to be able to compete. So you can't just go in and compete straight away. Some some owners, don't they have to go through point to points first? So jockeys would have to ride in a certain number of races if you're an amateur or if you want to um, become an apprentice, you've got to go and do a course in at Newmarket, which is really intense. It's an 11-day course now if you want to become an, an amateur jockey or, or a conditional on the jump. So yeah, you can't just enter a race and um, rock up <laughs> and do go. it. <laughs> um, but yeah, there are strict guidelines and you have to, I think if you want to ride in a hunter chase, I'm not quite sure what the rules are, but you'd have to have completed so many um, point to points and things like that. A bit like eventing, you can't step up another level until you've got a certain number of clears cross country, that kind of thing. But I thought that was quite nice that, you know, if you go hunting and um, and you go up the ranks, you can enter a point to point and you can build up the points to actually go and compete. Yeah, yeah, I think, I mean, if you go hunting and you do your point to pointing you and then you do really well point to pointing, you can go hunter chasing. You can't then enter the fox hunters, let's say, at Aintree. You have to have got a certain license category of license to ride in that. So you do have to keep going to Newmarket to be tested. And they've got quite strict guidelines up there on your fitness and um, your riding ability before you can kind of go too far Mm. they will be checking you (laughs) i'm just going back on the on the horse welfare side of things because there are loads of rules and regulations with racing and recently i've seen an article about this automatic horse gallop track have you seen it with no jockeys i know i've seen it the pictures of it i haven't actually been to see it Um... ready to pop the question 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Um, I think it's really interesting. I don't think it'll ever replace being able to ride a horse out, but whether it can do kind of early work with a horse or perhaps sort of gentle work with horses that aren't necessarily wanting to do a gallop every day or youngsters or two-year-olds that are starting their training when they're, they're just starting training. Um, I think it might have a place somewhere, but it, it would never replace work riders. No, um, and, and nor it should it. Absolute millions. I know. For those of you that haven't seen this machine, it's basically a huge horse walker, but instead of going around in circles, it's almost like a roller coaster ride. It holds the horses in. Well, they walk. It's kind of got, I don't know, Ali, you Yeah, they can it. canter. They can canter. They're sort of um, a bit like they've got front bar, you know, bar in front of them, bar behind them. So, but they, and it's, as you say, it's on tracks and they can go, I think they can canter. It's a massive circle. I'm not sure how far around it is. It's like um, a gallop track, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I don't know what speeds they go up to. I'm sure you could do some sort of work with the horses on there, whether it's even just sort of warming them up before the riders get on. But it's really very much at the beginning of it being tested. And um, I haven't seen it myself, but whether it can be developed and will be useful one day, it'd be interesting to see. Will we'll be non-existent. We won't have any jobs left. No, just clear, it'll be no. remote control, let the horses go. Why don't they try and find something, an, a way of being able to muck out yeah. 10 boxes without having to have humans doing that? That would be far more useful than the that riding be, outfit. That would be no genius. No one wants to do that. I did yeah. see an automatic horse poo picker once. So you sit yeah. on, have you seen those? You sit on I've a... seen them in the field and they suck them up, don't they? They do. It's a poo hoover. I think it's genius yeah. idea. You sit on a quad bike yeah. and it just sucks up behind you. Um, nice. <laughs> there was something else I wanted. To, I, I saw that I wanted to ask you as well. The uh, the horse that raced recently that was put in the race by accident and won. Yes. How on earth did they get the name wrong? How did they input the wrong horse? I think a purely innocent mistake. Um, I think that the horses were quite similar looking, and whether the trainer just didn't know or didn't check or just presumed or the um the lad or lassie who's looking after them perhaps had never come across one of them I and mean, one of them had never raced before um i haven't actually looked at both horses to see how similar they are 
Um, it is a massive mistake. And I think the, the trainer and the groom responsible is sort of putting their hands up and going, yeah, it's a, obviously it's a huge mistake. But you would have some very angry punters, people who backed the horse that came second and then it got beaten by something that is meant to be 50 to one but turned out to be a three-year-old so um it's really tricky and I think racing will have a huge inquiry into it and they're the practices because when the horses all get to a race course they're all scanned so they all know they check the passports and the scans so you've got the right horses getting to the race course but there's no scanning procedure as the horses go from the stables to be tacked up and that's where they're now saying Perhaps they should scan each horse as it leaves the stables to go up to the race course um, to be tacked up. So maybe that will happen, which will be, you know, that's quite easy. You've seen these scanning machines. It takes five seconds just to sweep these scanning machines over their necks. Mm. And then they just read the number. And if it matches a passport, then that's fine. So maybe they'll implement that. And I think, yeah, the British racing will certainly do a big, long investigation into it. I thought it was brilliant. I mean, what a blinder. (laughs) 50 to 1 and then you win. Yeah, I know, but the horse, but it was a two-year-old race, and the horse that actually ran in it was three and had raced lots and was not a you know reasonable runner, so um, it was always going to hack up. But I feel sorry for the owners who thought that they had this superstar two-year-old who at fifty to one surprised everyone, mm. um, and they were cheering it over the line, and then they sort of realised something was not quite right. So I feel oh. sorry for the owners, but it, in racing, unlike other horse sports, it's not just a sport being a kind of spectacle and the jockeys and the trainers enjoying it there are people who put a lot of money down on these races so they've got to that's what where it's very different and the integrity of racing and as i said all those punters that have backed the horse that came second and didn't get any money and all the people that and you know, there have been punters there would have had a huge payout on the wrong horse and they're not going to give the money back to the bookies so it's it's not as straightforward as um, a, a bit of a mistake. Oh dear, let's move on. <laughs> it's like it could be made out of a movie, couldn't it? It's one of those movie stories that it won and then it went on to win something amazing. But we'll have to wait and see, hey? Yeah. So in, in terms of your, wait, since you've been presenting the racing, is there anything yes. that you've picked up from the racing industry that you could then take and use in your eventing or in your show jumping? Um, I am trying to think off the top of my head. The thing that I love about racing, which does, doesn't exist in the other horse sports is there are so many dimensions to racing you've got so many different vested interests so you've got your horsemen be it the the jockeys the trainers and the owners the guys that are sort of very much involved with the horse but you've got your people there at at a race course that um just are there enjoying a day out at the races you've got your the guys that are trying to run race courses you've got all the people who are all the bookies side of it the the, the punters, the, the the guys that just turn up at the race course to, to have a bet. Um, you've got so many different levels of racing um, from the really rich owners to the, as I said, the guys who, um, you know, look through the paper on a Saturday and might have a 50p each way bet or um, such a varied fan base of racing, which is really nice. And everyone likes racing for very different reasons. So I was saying about my husband, he only really likes racing to for a day out at the races and also to have a, a good bet. Whereas I like racing because I love the horses and I love seeing them, how fast they are. And, you know, the, the beauty of these thoroughbreds mm. um, is what I like racing. Don't laugh. It is. <laughs> <laughs> He's laughing. I do like to have a bet as well. Um, <laughs> um, whereas in show jumping or eventing, yes, you get you know, your owners and your riders and 
a few different elements to people why they like eventing. But most people are, enjoy eventing because they like the sport side of it rather than, as I said, all those different elements in, in that you get in racing. So I think that I, I like the fact that it's so varied racing. And there are so many different factions and interests in the sport mm. well, compared I think, to the other ones. I think they've done incredibly well at getting punters in and hooking them in. And that's yeah. mainly because of the betting and the money. So I wonder if we could best bet on eventing horses or dressage horses. I wonder if that's how we could get more interest. Yeah, I think it's it's tricky because, yeah, I mean, I work in, as a global champions tour, show jumping, which is show jumping at its highest level. And I think you could have betting in that. You could have betting in the Grand Prix because you've got your 25 riders that are desperate um, to win that, that, top, that top class. Whereas you can't really bet on show jumping at a lower level because um, I think it'd be very difficult integrity-wise to regulate that everyone is trying and um, wanting to win the top prize. But at the top level, I think it could be possible. But there doesn't appear to be that much interest in it. I think the bookmakers are very scared because they wouldn't know how to price it up um, because it's not as simple as having form, like a racehorse has mm. form that you can look up. It's not as simple as that. Um, the riders, it's uh, obviously hugely influential compared to the jockeys perhaps. Um, so it would be tricky, but I personally would like to see it happen at a top level. I know you can bet at Olympia and I think you probably bet at the Royal International and um, places like that, Horse of the Year show, I think you can bet, but that's just one bookmaker at a um, at an event. But it would be cool to be able to bet on some of the top um, top events. I think you can bet on the Olympics, but again, that's only can every you four really? years. So Gosh, I, I think you know can you could yeah. bet, on, bet on any of them. I'd like to yeah, bet on the Pony Grand National, Shetland Pony Grand National. I don't think you can bet on that, no. <laughs> that I don't think you'd want to bet on that. <laughs> I'm doing this uh, Magnolia Cup on Thursday at Goodwood. Um, racing in it which you're is, racing in it yes yeah, so oh, yeah it's it's totally crazy so I've, the last month I've been learning to be a jockey I think don't think I've succeeded at all but we'll see on on Thursday um so very different riding and it's been a complete learning curve into the difference of being able to ride normal horses as I class them um with decent length stirrups to riding really short <laughs> Uh, far faster horses but with not much control so it's been um it's been interesting is it weird do you feel like you're just balancing on top basically yeah you don't feel like you're riding them necessarily you're more just guiding them and letting them do the work um yeah it's been really interesting and going back to i've been riding i've been riding all sorts been riding two-year-olds been riding some of the older horses um and yeah it they it's just a completely different way of riding um, and I cheerfully thought, oh, I'll be fine. It's just like putting your stirrups up really short, like to go cross country or something. But mm. it is very different. The balance side of it. So when I was talking about these assessments going up at Newmarket for young jockeys and amateur jockeys who want to sort of to be to move up a level in racing, I had to go up and do an assessment at Newmarket, and most of the focus was on fitness and strength, core, leg strength, particularly. And it really made me realise how so super fit these jockeys are in, in real, really specific muscle groups. So their legs and um, being able to wall squat. My, the trainer that I'm riding out for, Jamie Osborne, has told me that I have to be able to wall squat. So you know what I mean by wall squat, where you sit against the wall with your legs at 90 degrees. They are painful. Yeah, he says I have to be able to do that for nine minutes. <gasps> 
which is oh my goodness <laughs> insane but he said if you could do it for nine minutes you'd be strong enough so <laughs> and how many anything. minutes are we up to now uh, I've, well I've sort of, kind of <laughs> <laughs> I've told him that I told him that, yeah, it's fine it's fine I reckon I could do probably four minutes which I don't think is bad going but I have good. been working hard on it so definitely not up to nine minutes but hopefully you won't be listening to this because I've told him that I can um, <laughs> Um, but it's been, yeah, it's been really interesting, totally different way of riding, totally different approach to it. And um, I just hope that I can put in an OK effort this week. So this is this Thursday. It's the Magnolia Cup. And yep. is it for charity? Yep, it's for charity places to be, which is a child's charity, mental health charity. So and they've previously they've raised loads of money. So it's all for good causes. And there's 12 all girls racing down just five and a half furlongs at Goodwood. And I don't know if you've been to Goodwood because the five and a half furlongs is all downhill. So it'll be incredibly fast, obviously, faster than anything I've ever been on a horse or a bike. I think sort of 40, 45 miles an hour. So um, I'm pretty terrified, really, but we'll hopefully be right. (laughs) Well, yeah, it will be scary, but you will be fine because you've you've galloped before. What's the fastest you've galloped? Yeah, it's so different. It's so different. Yeah, I mean, I've galloped my own horses flat out. Um, and I've galloped when I've been training, but I've only galloped a couple of two-year-olds flat out, but they, they're not that fast. And I've done, I've galloped one older horse, but only probably three-quarter pace. And it does feel, it just feels like they're on rails and the way they, it's just so different. Also, when you're riding a, an Aventer, when they're galloping, they don't lower like a proper thoroughbred. You see the thoroughbreds at the end of the races when they just really lower and stretch. And it's, yes. Yeah, incredible feeling so hopefully yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be strange on Thursday I'm saying you'll be fine um but I'm really nervous for you if I'm honest no, I don't I'm nervous for myself as well so it's fine it's really weird it's it's a bit like doing a show jumping round, but you've only ever put two fences together or three fences together because you can't train for it at all there's no you can't replicate a race at home you can't say right let's line up these horses at the bottom of the gallops and have a race and you can't you never really push the horses to their maximum when you're training them. So you're always going at kind of half pace, three quarter pace, or maybe for one furlong, you let them really roll along. So I've never, I just don't know what, I don't know what to expect or <laughs> what it's going to be like um, on Thursday. So it's, it's really weird from an athlete's point of view to prepare for something and feel totally underprepared and have no idea what to expect. Oh, so bless you. I guess it's because it's your first time, but once you've done it once, you'll then have a better expectation of next time, won't you? Yeah, well, I'm only doing it there once. There won't be a next so time. Crack at it. There won't be a next time. Oh, well, I so really wish you... Mess it up. You'll be fine. I really, really wish you the best of luck. Do let us know how you get on. Can we watch it? How can we watch it? I think, well, it's um, about one thirty, one fifteen on Thursday. It'll be on... Is it on Racing UK? On delay, I think they delay. It's on Racing UK, and it should be on ITV as well, and um, delayed as well. So hopefully, fingers crossed. Oh my goodness, they're all tightly crossed for you, Ali. So one fifteen <laughs> or one thirty on Thursday, we can watch on ITV, and uh, we'll yeah, put that it'll on. Yeah, be delayed. Hour. I think one thirty on ITV, it'll be they come on air. So let's fingers crossed. Uh, three years ago, though, Tom Cruise presented the prizes, or three or four years ago, Tom Cruise was there to present the prize. So 
Oh, um, nice. Can you to cross our fingers <laughs> that he's back again this year or someone, another Hollywood actor will be yeah. fine. George Clooney would be amazing. <laughs> that would be all right. Yeah, yeah, that'd be right. I think we could think Definitely of quite a few. <laughs> yes. What's the one? Who's the one that's the, um, oh, he's really hot and he's in a lot of gangster films. He's in London. Tom, mm. Tom, Tom. Oh, Hardy. Um, Hiddlesworth. Oh, Tom Hardy or... Tom Hardy. He'll do. Yeah, he's, he'll do, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Ali, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much for giving us an insight into into your world, really. How can we follow you on Twitter? So um, it's at Ali Vance one on Twitter or on Instagram, Ali Vance. And um, lots of horse-based posts, I think, pretty much. I, I now realise I think I only do horse basically cover only sports with that have got a horse in it so whether they're show jumping it is yeah it is it's really nice yeah i sort of find myself at different horse shows different events all all the time which is great it is really nice um but two very different horse sports it's very it's great to be able to do them both and be part of the sort of show jumping world on one weekend and then the, the racing world the next week so it's um it's great when can we see you next on the global champions tour so I've just got back from Berlin and then this week is London, which um, will be a great event. And then it's Valkensvard in Holland the following week. And then that is the 13th stop of 15. So then it's just Rome. And then Doha is the final one in November. And how can we watch all that? So that's all on globalchampionstour.com, the website. We, it's li- live streamed all the five-star classes and um, it's great. The coverage, the television coverage is really good with lots of money in it. And there's sort of studios, chats, um, really cool features with horses, riders, um, lots of behind the scenes type things. So it's, yeah, definitely go onto their website or YouTube as well, Global Champions Tour. And there's all the features on there um, with these amazing show jumpers. <laughs> their horses are just, yeah, fabulous. So um, I'm spoiled. You are living the dream. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so, so much. No worries. Good luck with it all. Thank you. See you. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We'll all be tuning in to ITV on Thursday at half past one. And I wish Ali the very, very best of luck. And she's been kind enough to say that we'll catch up with her afterwards to chat about how it went. And I do hope that she raises a lot of money for charity because it is a really, really good cause. If you missed any previous episodes of the Horse Hour podcast, then you can catch up with them on our website. Just head to horsehour.co.uk. And I released another episode this evening with a lovely lady called Christina Henriksen. She's an American inventor and we got to chat to her husband, Jeff, too. He gives us the inside scoop on a a husband's view of what it's like being with an equestrian rider because we know that we're a bit crazy and we like a lot of support. But I often wonder how difficult it is for our partners to know how to support us, really, especially if they're not riders or they're non-horsey. I think it's quite difficult for them to know how to help. So you can catch up with that episode on our website as well as nearly 200 other episodes i can't believe we've done that many all amazing guests from veterinary experts at the bmw equine vets on diseases and horse ailments like laminitis and sweet itch to uh, olympic riders like lucinda fredericks even down to monty roberts so lots for you to catch up on we've also got our education hub on there and all the latest news from the events so it was hickstead jumping this weekend and also there was dressage at hickstead you can see everything that went on plus pictures and videos and just head to the events section of our website and while you're there why not pop in your email address because there is so much going 
on at the moment I'd hate for you to miss anything and that means that I can drop you an email with uh, everything new that's been happening thank you for listening to the horse hour podcast and I hope you have a really good week with your horse you've been listening to horse hour join the community on twitter mondays 8 p.m uk time 3 p.m eastern by using the hashtag horse hour follow amy at amy stevenson one and subscribe to us on acast itunes stitcher and player fm deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.